Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It ain't the left side or the right side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets. We are also the official channel as well for FinFanatic.com and the Fansided Network. Um, so we are 35 days away, Paul, from the NFL draft. Five weeks from tonight, we're going to be hearing the Miami Dolphins' first-round pick, and we're going to really be kicking it into high gear here over the next five weeks. We're going to actually, in April, be doing three shows a week, all diagnosing one position as it, it as it's viewed through the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins lens, who they may pick, fits for the team, guys who may not be great fits. So we're certainly looking forward to that. But for tonight and uh, tonight, Saturday and Sunday, we're going to do three separate mock drafts. So Paul has twisted my arm. Um, knows how much I hate mock drafts, but you know, we, sometimes we gotta, you know, we gotta give the people what they want here. So tonight we are doing a seven round dueling dolphins mock draft. Paul and I have not shared this with each other and we don't know what the other person is going to pick. So we did not coordinate on this. We're going to go back and forth on this. So this should be a lot of fun. Um, Paul, so, you know, before we get, uh, we get started here and I'll explain the rules in just a second. Um, any uh, any passing thoughts here as as we're five weeks away from the draft, or are we just gonna kind of let the draft picks do the talking here? God, I I, am, I have so many thoughts. It's I mean I I have done so many mock drafts over the past few weeks. I'm so excited that you you know you say you're giving the people what you want. It's me. I'm the people. So <laughs> thanks, Cat. So listen. <laughs> in all seriousness, I I don't hate mock drafts. Okay. I, I think they're a great brain exercise. I, I do them myself. I've done them for since I was 15 years old, uh, heading up into the NFL draft. But um, I, I just think after you do them, you you shouldn't share them with people. I mean, is that too much to ask? I only um, share like one in one in 25. I think maybe no, not not specifically everybody in the world. Don't just do your mock draft, shove it in your pocket, and uh, I don't want to see it on my timeline six times a day. But Anyway, I'm I'm gonna go into my grumpy uh, grumpy rant here. But it, it, look, I like catching you on your first break in your work day with cat. Look what I did today! Like it's a freaking drawing for my third grade art class. So you know it, the thing is, it's like I when I see these mocks, I see 86 trades, and then the Dolphins are have like 18 picks, and then based on that website, a certain amount of players fell, and they just take the best available players. 
So we've taken all of that out of this. Uh, so we've come up with a few rules. We're not, you know, not to bore you with too many details here, but basically Paul and I have, uh, have, have decided on these rules. This is us as the general manager going back and forth. So this is not what we think the Dolphins are going to do. Um, number two, we use the PFF mock draft simulator. There are a lot of good ones out there. This is the one we decided on. Number three, and this is the most important, we are allowed to make one trade up and down. That can be a trade down from three. It can be a trade up from the seventh round pick. Whatever we decide that we want to do here that represents that value. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything else I missed here, Paul. Um, no, I, I think I think one of the big things I'd say there is, you know, we and just to elaborate a little bit more is if we're sitting there in round three and Trevor Lawrence is there, we're not going to take him. It's just that's just not realistic. We're trying to keep it as realistic as possible. Exactly. So if we are going along uh, in the mock here and we we sense like, OK, that's that's not really realistic. That player should not be there in round five. Then we're just going to pretend like he's not there. So th that's why you'll find this mock a little bit more realistic. You may think some players fell a little bit further or were taken a little bit higher, but that would be your judgment on that. Hey Dolphins fans, support for On the Fin Side is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We've got an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower clean and easy. I now feel confident shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Kat and I already have our perfect package 3.0 on the way. What are you waiting for? Your balls will thank you. Make sure you get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. So, Paul, let's get started here. Uh, the first two picks of the draft. Yeah, let's let's assume let's assume that Trevor, you know, it, it, not that it really matters, but number one, Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence. Number two, the Jets take a quarterback, probably Zach Wilson. There we are at number three, about 730 Central Time. The Dolphins are on the clock. Ten minutes left. I, the popular thing is that they trade down. What what did you decide to do here with the number three pick? So my first 37 mocks this week, I took the number three pick and I traded down. But in my final mock that I did today, actually, I could not bring myself in good conscience to trade down. It's as much as I wanted to, predominantly throughout my, my mocks that I've been doing, I've been trading back with the Eagles, uh, feeling that the Eagles would come up, would come after a quarterback, and... I'd, I'd be in really good shape to very likely land Kyle Pitts. Now that the Eagles signed Joe Flacco to be the backup to Hurts, 
I don't think they're going to go quarterback here. I think they would look squarely uh, at, at Kyle Pitts as, as a very high probability pick, and I'm not willing to risk that scenario. Uh, one of the reasons why I want to trade back to six was the fact that I thought you could still get Pitts at six most likely. I felt it would push Penny Sewell down to probably fifth to the Bengals, and, and we'd be in great shape here. Um, but since that's the case, I, I, I don't want to lose Kyle Pitts. I think he is a one of those things that gets thrown around way too much, which is generational athlete. There's just never been a tight end like Kyle Pitts uh, with the physical tool set, both in the receiving game, with the speed that he's got after he ran on his pro day unofficially, and with the fact that what I think Miami's offense can do with Gesicki and Pitts in the fold in those two, t- two tight end sets, you could run the same personnel almost for goal line as you can for five wide. And this was the easiest, biggest pick for me. Kyle Pitts, pick number three. And we appear to have lost Cat here. So we'll give this a second for him to get back on here. Can't wait to see what he did. Um, And let us know in the chat what you think of the pick of Kyle Pitts here. It's very much one that I am huge on for the Dolphins going into the draft. You guys have heard me talk Kyle Pitts extensively. Huge fan of him. Huge fan of Micah Parsons, who's my 1B. But let's give Cat a minute to get back in here. One second. I'm going to check on him, and I apologize for the inconvenience here. Here he comes. Hey, I you didn't have to get so upset with my pick of Kyle Pitts that you just disappear on me. Like it's okay. We can have two tight ends. I swear. I know you're a, I know you're a fan too. So anyway, welcome back, Cat. All right. Uh, I can't promise that's not going to happen again uh, at, uh, for the internet connection, but I don't think it will. So uh, no, I as far as Kyle Pitts is concerned, yeah. I mean, you look at now the weapons with. Um, Devontae Parker, Mike Isicki, Kyle Pitts, and Will Fuller. Um, uh, so my, you know, as far as this is concerned, Paul, you know, I've been looking at, at Pitts and he's one of the, would be one of my choices here at number three, too. So my question back to you on that to follow up here is, do you see Mike Isicki leaving as a free agent after the 2021 season if Kyle Pitts does the pick there at three? I think it's independent of the fact of whether Kyle Pitts is the pick or not. I think if Mike Gesicki's leaving, he's going to leave. I think Miami's going to reta- try to retain him either way. You look back at Flores' days in New England, what they started to do with Hernandez and Gronk back in the day, the fact that they've tried to do it again, where and what they saw as a result of that. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, I see it being a thing where they try to retain Gesicki as well. Yeah, and if Pitts is the pick there at three, that's what's important to me is that um, is it's not to say, okay, we're upgrading the tight end position. It's to do something special on offense with Mike Kosicki, Kyle Pitts, and whoever else is there, whether it's Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, or both. So, yeah, and with my pick at number three, and I got a couple of trade offers here. Um, the Panthers offered – Next year's first, 
and this year's third rounder and the Broncos offered the same. I was very close to pulling the trigger on both of them going down, getting the best available pass catcher, just like you, I couldn't do it. I, I just, but I, I took a different player and it's offensive tackle Penny Sewell. I, I stay at number three and take Penny Sewell, you know, at pick number three, you, you just have such a rare opportunity to, to draft a rare player. Sewell, like Kyle Pitts, is 20 years old. And the things he did at the collegiate level for two years were just beyond his time. I mean, he allowed one sack in two years. And uh, he was 18 and 19 years old in those two years. Um, 6'6", 330 pounds. This is the best offensive tackle prospect that, that I've seen in 15 to 20 years. I mean, you have to go back to Orlando pace back in 96, I think to find somebody who's comparable and offensive tackle is a very traits driven position. And when you have somebody who's six, six, three thirty, and getting bigger and stronger and has had a year to work on getting bigger and stronger, I think he's going to just add something very rare to that, to that left tackle spot. And now with Sewell joining the three rookies from last year, uh, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, and Solomon Kinley. The Dolphins may not have to touch the offensive line for three more years. And, and that's that's exciting that you can take the resources and spend them on other positions. Now Tua has that wall in front of him. So at pick number 18, I'm going to throw it back to you to see what you did there on uh, or after Kyle Pitts. I'm not at pick number 18. Uh, you can slice that pick in half and – Micah Parsons started to slide. I know he's got character issues, but phew, you talk about a linebacker that does everything he does and runs a, somewhere between a 4.38 and a 4.39.40 today. I, a, any doubt that I had about being able to take Micah Parsons went out the window. The fact that he basically came out, acknowledged the fact that he had some character issues and maturity issues when he was 17, 18 years old, and basically said that now that he's a father and everything else he's he's kind of figured some of that out hopefully the team does their due diligence if they do and it works out uh, yeah and I basically gave up this year's number 18 pick and next year's number one draft pick to move up to number nine with the Denver Broncos and take Micah Parsons I got my 1A and my 1B and they're both players that we just haven't seen anybody in their class in a long time, if ever, just like what, what you're seeing with, with Penny Sewell. Yeah, um, I couldn't imagine you on draft day if that were to happen, uh, getting Kyle Pitts and Micah Parsons. And You'll you see can, it right here live. You'll see the reaction. You're gonna, you, you don't even have to imagine it. I think you'll be running down the street uh, instead. Uh, I, you would have two, uh, two athletes uh, on both sides of the football there, and – yeah, I mean, you're going to talk about filling needs. You get, you fill your edge. You also fill, uh, we won't call him a tight end. We'll call him a pass catcher. And you talk about creating mismatches and matchup problems. Absolutely. So I also did not pick at 18, but for a different reason, I did not trade up. I traded down from 18 to 31 Ooh. with the Kansas City Chiefs. And what I got in return for that for uh for the the move down from 18 to 31 was the chief second round pick pick number 63 and a fourth round pick next year so 
they I slide back 13 spots in the first round, get a second rounder and get a fourth rounder for next year. So now um, the Dolphins would have uh, pick number 31 in the first round. And then in the second round, they would have 36, 50 and 63. And then next year they would have an extra fourth round pick in this trade, as well as a six round pick uh, from the Patriots for Isaiah Ford. So with the 31st pick, the Dolphins address the running back position, and it is Najee Harris from Alabama. Now, if you want to substitute Javante Williams out from North Carolina, I would be perfectly fine with that too. Um, I think running back right now in the NFL is a position that is dropping in terms of value. I mean, it has been for a couple of years, but uh, Najee is somebody that would resemble that the Dolphins are ser- are finally taking the running back position a little bit more seriously. You know, they've, They've been dealing with Kalen Balaj and Frank Gore. Um, Miles Gaskin's a good player, but he's not a bell cow. Um, now this year, they're actually getting that guy. They can absorb some of that that attention that we're expecting Tua to get. And you're doing it with Tua's, um, with Tua's former te- uh, teammate as well. So he's going to help in the running game and the passing game. Najee Harris really reminds me, from from back in the day of Edger and James, somebody who's going to help in the running and passing game and help in pass protection too. Yeah, and I, I like that pick. I, I, I kind of saw it coming. I, I do think Najee may potentially be gone by then, but it's a tough call. I mean, running backs have not typically gone heavily in the first round. Uh, I think there's one year where three went in the past 10 uh, and and most of the time it, it's guys that are washouts and don't live up to the hype. So yeah, no, it, it's I, I'm very hopeful for Najee. I would like what you're building there with Penne Sewell and and with Najee Harris. Uh, for me, the fact that I've got Kyle Pitts and Micah Parsons and still need a running back and still need to address that. I went to that well at number 36, and Javante Williams was sitting out there for me. I have no issue going with him. I, the guy, I believe, led the NCAA in, in broken tackles this year, and he is such a tough runner. He can be a little bit of a weapon in the receiving game. And again, it's, it's kind of a pick-your-poison type of thing with the top three running backs. I did have Travis Etienne on the board. I passed him up for Javante. And now I've got Kyle Pitts and Javante on offense and Micah Parsons on defense and I got to tell you, this is already a winning draft for me, no matter what happens from here. Yeah, the Dolphins have added a lot of athleticism with those top three picks if they were to happen that way. So I also have the number 36 pick, too. And so the third player I'm going to add here that was available is Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Mississippi. And he ran a 4-3-6 here today. Came in a little bit smaller at 5'9", 174 pounds. But you want to talk about somebody who can separate off the line of scrimmage and you pair him with Will Fuller uh, in terms of separating and getting deep. You've got something special there. And you combine that with Kasiki and Devontae Parker. You can add, you can really attack defenses from so many levels in the passing game now. And you take a look at his production here. It's, it's off the charts. Uh, So this past year, Mississippi played, or Elijah Moore played in eight games for Mississippi. Okay. 86 catches for 1193 yards in eight games, just game by game, 139 yards against Mississippi state, 225 against South Carolina, 238 against Vanderbilt, 113 against Arkansas, 
143 against Alabama, 92 against Kentucky, and 227 against Florida. I mean, separating and getting open is all this guy does. And now you you have those five skill position players, Najee, Parker, Fuller, Elijah Moore, and Gasicki. Now Tua can spread the field and really start card dealing out there. I like that pick. I mean, he, he's a guy I really like a lot in this draft. I, I do think Miami's going to add one wide receiver in the draft. They've got a really crowded wide receiver room right now. And I know we didn't simulate this, but I can see a scenario where they do trade a receiver or two on draft day to come in or sweeten the pot on a couple of, of deals because we do know Chris Greer does like to move around in the draft. He sure does. So uh, going back to pick uh, – I. I going back to pick 50 because we uh, don't have trade downs anymore trade up. So now everything's going to kind of stay on that even plane for the rest of the draft here. Number 50 in the second round, the Dolphins select Elijah Molden cornerback nickelback from Washington. This is the first pick on the defensive side of the ball. And it would tug at my heartstrings if it were a defensive back, because I want the Dolphins to overload on defensive backs regardless of what round it is. And he's somebody that is his father was a first round pick in 96, Alex Molden. He's somebody that Lance Zerline from NFL.com compared to Tyron Matthew. I wouldn't quite go that far, but he plays that same type of role. He's that free. He can play free safety. He can play nickelback, but he has unbelievable instincts for the position. Back in 2019, when he was playing for Washington, he had four interceptions, three forced fumbles, 12 passes defended um, only played four games this past year though. So I think the dolphins can really add somebody on their defense. That can be the fifth or sixth defensive back play 60 to 70% of defensive snaps, even as a rookie. Well, we both added to the secondary uh, with, with the 50th overall pick and cat, I think you can probably take a guess where I went since he was still on the board, uh, which is, yep. I think about as far down as I can see him sliding. Richie Grant's a guy I've been talking about since last year's draft when I thought he'd come out. Uh, and he has only gotten better and better and better as time wore on. He just is dominant. He can play that all three level safety that you saw the Dolphins start to use Bobby McCain at last year. And he can kick Bobby back to the nickel. So we went ahead, we improved the nickel spot kicking Bob, Bobby over there. He could be that deep safety. He could come up and be that strong safety. He can run up to the line of scrimmage and drop back into pass coverage or blitz. It's There is so much good that you can see in Richie Grant's game that he could be an impact player from all over this defense. So now you've got two guys that I've added on the defensive side of the ball that make this defense more explosive and will fit perfectly with that positionless drunk defense that, that Flores likes to run. Yeah, he can play in the slot. He can play free safety, strong safety. And, yeah, this this is a shaping up – would be shaping up to be a great uh, Dolphins mock – or Dolphins draft for you if it were to happen this way. Here at pick number 63 now, because this is the pick that in this mock draft I acquired trading down from 18 to 31. So stay with me. Um, pick number 63 from the Chiefs. In the second round, the Dolphins take Quinn Miners, the center from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, and this is somebody that Brian Flores coached in the Senior Bowl, got to see up close. He uh, 
broke his hand before the game and actually still wanted to go in. But it's not just the toughness. It's that he's 6'3", 320 pounds. And, and you look at him here over the last couple of weeks has checked every box athletically in terms of 40-yard dash, broad jump, strength, everything. And he also has the confidence to back it up. I think he can come in and immediately challenge Matt Skura for the starting center job and probably win it, put Skura back as a backup center or uh, right guard as well. So that is going to be my fifth pick there, and I think my my fourth starter here on offense. Well, you, you, you got an extra one in on me, but here's the thing. You, you took Quinn Miners at 63, and I like the way you solidified the offensive line so far. I went ahead and solidified the offensive line as well, and Quinn Miners came in to be be the starting center over uh, Matt Skura. And God, it's it's you and I both love watching Quinn Miners play. He's a great dude, by all accounts. Brian Flores adored him at the Senior Bowl, and oh, God, that line would have so much mean in the middle of it with Kinley playing next to. Quinn Miners. I, I would just love watching the two of them beat the living snot out of opposing defensive lines. Yeah, and this isn't a, to say that the Dolphins should specifically target offensive line. Um, it's that this is about staying at the pick and drafting the best available player there. In my opinion, at three, it's Penny Sewell. And at here at the, at the end of the second round, it's Quinn Miners. So now you combine them with the three rookies from last year, and you don't have to do anything on the offensive line until 2023 or 2024. That's a great position to be in because if you look at at uh, what happened in free agency and, and what's happening around the league at the offensive tackle spot and along the offensive line, but specifically the tackle spot, 16 out of 32 left tackles are making $11.5 million a year or more. So if you can get that production from rookies – and, at, and get that with the athleticism that the Dolphins can bring here, that would be uh, that would be big. So, Paul, where did you go with your next pick here? So, at pick 123, I finally added another body to that way-too-full wide receiver room. Shai Smith of South Carolina has been criminally underrated. He's another one that I liked last year, and... I watch his tape. He doesn't have, you know, your your 1,800-yard season. But when given the opportunity and given the fact of who's been throwing to him, every chance he he gets, he makes plays uh, up and down the field. He's explosive. He can high point the ball even though he's 5'10". I believe he's a buck 90. Runs in the mid-4-4s, but he plays a lot faster than his speed. And, you know, he... God, there is so Shy Smith's a guy I've been on, and I reached out to Rob Prophet uh, from from who we've used as a correspondent on several occasions because uh, he's a big Gamecocks fan, and I basically said to him, I said, "What's the deal, Rob?" I'm like, every time I watch Shy Smith on tape, the guy pops, and I can't understand for the life of me why he's rated so low. I know the wide receiver class is deep this year but I cannot understand why he is rated so low. And he basically just told me, he goes, there's no reason. I'm like, you know, does he, is, is there some type of character issue? No. Is there, 
but it, it's his response was basically Gamecocks wide receivers for whatever reason have stayed extremely lowly rated uh, throughout history as well as at other positions. So it's it's literally just the fact that he doesn't get the notice because of where he plays. It's he is such an amazing player, and I think he's going to push early and often to potentially take over even that slot role when you don't have Gasicki kicked out there. I think we lost Cat to the internet again. <laughs> All right, guys. Let us know what you think. Oh, well, and by the way, thank you, John Gordon. Uh, for those that don't know, we went ahead and we enabled some Super Chat this week just to give it a try leading up to the draft, as well as we set up Shake Money and Great One DeVore as moderators to help us manage the chat throughout John, very much thank you. We appreciate it very, very much. And, you know, let us know let us know what you guys think and what you guys want to see from from uh, our draft coverage coming up. Shake, our next stream is going to be our usual Saturday morning slot at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 7.30 Central. Uh, that is going to be our full round one mock draft Um uh, regardless of team so we're gonna go through <laughs> i know rhino i know i know uh we're gonna go through picks one through 32 without trades and go where we think the teams go um and and really it's gonna be a good time um so just to recap i'm gonna recap mine here real quick while we wait for cat to get here uh, for me i went kyle pitts at number three at number 18, I traded up to number 9. Uh, gave up a round one next year for it, but Micah Parsons is that much of a difference maker. At number 36, I went with Javante Williams, the halfback out of North Carolina. At number 50, Richie Grant, the safety from UCF, uh, who lets you move Bobby back to the slot or potentially even make a trade involving Eric Rowe. Uh, at 81, I went with Quinn Miners, the center, who can also play guard out of Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, which I don't think anybody ever heard of till Quinn Miners went to the Senior Bowl. And then at 123, I went with Shai Smith, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. And Kat, you want to go ahead and recap your draft real quick? I saw you're back in the room here. Potentially. Oh, he's connected. I apologize. Kat is losing internet connection this evening, so we'll give him a few minutes to get back in here. While we're waiting for him, guys, any questions for us in the chat here, um, let us know. Big thank you, Rhino, by the way, as well. Um, yeah, anything you, you guys got questions on from our draft picks thus far? <laughs> yeah, Rhinos, I don't know what's going on with Cat's internet connection tonight. I think, uh, you know, he finally uh, handed that one-year-old an iPad and let him start streaming in 4K at this point. We'll we'll see. We'll get him back here shortly. Here he comes. I think he's coming back in right now. Hey, cat. Yo. Hey. So I just recapped my draft. You want to go ahead and recap your picks thus far? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's happening here uh, on the internet connection, but thanks for bearing with me here. Uh, so um, right now, I've got uh, my my picks so far are Penny Sewell. Uh, offensive tackle from Oregon, and then um, 
my other first rounder is running back Najee Harris from Alabama. Um, and then there in the second round, pick number 36, I went with uh, help me out here, Paul. Who did I take here? 36, you went with the wide receiver, Rondell Moore. Uh, uh, wide receiver, Elijah Moore from Mississippi. Elijah Moore, sorry. And then uh, with with uh, with pick 50, I went with cornerback Elijah Molden from Washington. So now I'm up at pick 81, and I went ahead with Baron Browning, the linebacker from Ohio State. This is somebody who's very versatile inside and outside. Um, 6'3", 241 pounds. Uh, he's definitely brings a lot of uh, versatility, special teams ability, and somebody I think can back up both Bernardrick McKinney on the inside as well as Andrew Van Ginkle on the outside. And then with my fourth round pick, um, pick number 123 went with Ellerson Smith, the edge player out of Northern Iowa. And he's somebody that Obviously went to a small school, didn't play this past year, but in 2019, he had 14 sacks, 21 and a half tackles for loss. He kind of reminds me a little bit of, in terms of his stock, of Max Crosby, who uh, was a fourth round pick out of Eastern Michigan who had double digit sacks for the Raiders. I think this is somebody with his length can do a lot of things. And when you see him at 6'6", 252, he moves around really well for his size. I, I like the pick. I mean, it, it's and, and before we do that, real quick, thank you, Shake Money. I saw you donate down there in the super chat. So big thank you to you, man. Um, yeah, no, I like that pick. For me, now, this is the thing I hate most about the way the Dolphins draft picks are lined up, right? After 123, we have a lifetime between pick 123 and pick 231. Um and there are a ton of players I like that 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 I watch just watch fly off the board over and over again as we went down. Now, Kat, you went with a corner earlier in the draft. I went ahead and and basically any pick in the two hundreds, you're picking definitely best player available regardless of position. You know, hoping that they can tr- contribute something, whether it's on special teams or if their number is called upon. And on top of the fact that Brian Flores cannot get enough of corners and secondary players, the fact that Josh Boyer can't get enough of corners and secondary players, and far too often we saw a fifth, sixth, or seventh corner having to play significant snaps over the last few years. For me, I went ahead and grabbed Shamar Jean-Charles out of Appalachian State. Kat, you and I talked extensively about him uh, earlier this offseason, I know he's a favorite of yours, and I'm going to kind of pitch it back to you for this one because I know you've talked about him a lot before, and I don't want to steal your thunder because I know you, you've got better analysis of him than I do on this one. Yeah, so uh, this is somebody at, yeah, at cornerback. He, he's been productive. He, he's athletic. He's a very good uh, pick here this late in the draft, and, and I think he can come along on special teams as well. And like you said, it, he's probably going to – challenge some players on the bottom of the roster like Jamal Wiltz, you know, for that six cornerback spot and, and on special teams uh, as well. So, yeah, I, you know, it, and so right now, Paul is, is this your seventh round pick here? Are we, we going all the way down to that spot? This was my pick two thirty one. That was the, the very next pick that I had. Did you have another one in between from your trade earlier? Cause I know. No, no, I, di- I didn't. Uh, but in the seventh round, 
um, I, I went with uh, with two diff with two players, one at two thirty one, one at two fifty nine. I went with center Michael Manet from Penn State, and this is somebody who you know I think in the seventh round in general, you're just trying to keep players off the undrafted free agent list, and centers late in the draft can be kind of a dime a dozen because it's not a position that relies on athleticism. He's six four, three hundred and six pounds, very productive, technically sound. Solid player, but doesn't stand out in one particular area. So if if he can come uh, uh, on the team here and be that eighth or ninth offensive lineman, I think that's worth the value. And then in terms of special teams, my final pick is Grant Stewart from Houston. Um, somebody who fits the profile. He had a r- pretty good week for his skill set in, in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Um, I think he's going to challenge, again, on the bottom of the roster, somebody like Calvin Munson or Sam Aguavon maybe get on the field for defense, but more likely be a special teamer if he makes it. So for me here, I finally went with an Alabama player, <laughs> which I know, you know, we, we see a lot of mock drafts where folks want to go with Devontae Smith and Najee Harris in round one, um, you know, or Jalen Waddell and Najee Harris, or heck, I've even seen a few where people want to try to go with Devontae Smith and, and, and Waddle. Um, but, for me, I went with LeBron Ray, the edge player that can also kick inside. He's got a really good motor. He didn't always have the highest productivity at Alabama, but he's one of those versatile defensive linemen that Coach Flores seems to love having along that defensive front. I know the defensive line is near completion, if not already complete, given the signings recently, but he just was too good to pass up sitting there on the board at 258. He was a guy that that was projected as a second rounder going into last season and really fell and fell and continues to spiral down boards. And and I just think that he could be a guy that steps in and can can really be effective on pass rush downs while still setting an edge against the run. Got it. So that's going to conclude my seventh seventh round mock as well as Paul's. So, yeah, I mean, I think when you look at these – two things here Paul that it's it shows how many draft picks the Dolphins have and what they can add to both sides of the ball here I mean whether you go offensive line whether you go wide receiver first whether you go tight end you know I I can't help but sit but think uh you know we were sitting here a couple of months ago and hopeful that that Texans pick would be the 10th or the 12th pick in the draft now it's the third pick uh, and even if it were like, in my, in my opinion, a worst case scenario where you take like, I don't know, let's say a Devonte Smith. I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere near three anymore because of his weight. But even that is somebody that if you had told me a year ago today, that that would be the pick for the dolphins and I would be disappointed. I would have said to myself, are you crazy? You know? So it's really just a difference between, is this an a plus at three or is it a B plus or an a minus? Yeah, and for this is a very weird draft because you and I, for, for the folks that have followed us for a while now, we've never been the type to sit there every year and say, oh my gosh, this is the greatest player I've ever seen at this position, uh, which, which I know a lot of folks tend to sensationalize out there, and we're just not fans of that approach. Uh, but this is a weird draft because... Trevor Lawrence is very, very good in the unquestioned number one overall pick uh, out there. Uh, But in addition to that, you've got really 
three guys um, on the board that are standouts above and beyond anybody else at their position, not only this year, but potentially over the last several years, if not more, depending on the player. And, and, and those three guys are Penny Sewell, Micah Parsons, and Kyle Pitts, uh, the tight end, the linebacker, and the offensive tackle. And while I do like Devontae Smith, while I do like Jalen Waddell and the explosiveness he brings, while I like Jamar Chase and being that 50-50 ball guy that's going to really wreak havoc on DBs, the wide receiver position is so ridiculously deep. I think you're going to see those guys slide a little bit on draft day. And, and the third one may not go until the teens, uh, given the fact that you know there's going to be a lot of folks that are in love with J- uh, Jalen Darden. Guys like, uh, and I know we're going to talk about a lot of these guys as we move forward here. Um, you know, guys like Shy Smith, guys like uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, you know, there are so, like I sat there talking to my cousin tonight because he's just starting to look at draft stuff, and and I rattled off probably 15 wide receivers where I'm like I'd be happy with any of them in the draft. Um, So it's very hard to say, like, oh, we have to get one of these three, especially when you've got talents like Sewell, Pitts, and Parsons out there that could come in and be cornerstone impact players for a decade or more. Yeah, I I see three players, too. I see Trevor Lawrence, I see Kyle Pitts, and I see um, Penny Sewell as players that you may go 20 more years without seeing. Um, Micah Parsons, I think physically could be that guy. I mean, for somebody to run a four, three, nine, or even close to it, if you don't believe the 40 times, um, and produce as he did in 2019, when he was on the field last, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But also on the other hand too, is he's an off ball linebacker. So he plays a difficult position for a rookie and he's got he's got some off the field things presumably, but those are just things he's going to have to answer. And it's, it's hard from us sitting here saying whether or not those are legitimate or not. They could be very legitimate. They could be not. So we're just, that's really up to the NFL guys to be able to, to evaluate those. We're not sitting down one-on-one with Micah Parsons, at at least not yet. So uh, uh, Paul, anything else you want to add tonight? Uh, in addition to what we've talked about here before we get into our second mock draft here on Saturday morning for the entire NFL. No, just a big thank you to those that utilize the super chat feature we're trying out here. And, you know, a big thank you to shake for, for moderating the chat a little bit for us and guys, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. We're going to be coming at you guys more and more. And and I can't wait till draft day. No, no matter which way they go. Uh, I am so excited for this year's draft because it's you know i i've i've heard that apparently mel kuyper came out and was talking about the dolphins and the fact that they really don't have many actual holes which is something we've been talking about here for what two weeks ago i I started to really dive into that cat when we were looking at everything when uh free agency kicked off it's this is a team that may not have huge holes they have areas that you can improve absolutely every team does but this is still the team that went 10-6 and six with one of the youngest rosters in the league with, a, with literally the highest number of snaps for rookies of any team in the NFL. And they're only going to improve here, and they, they're not losing anyone significant in free agency. Um, 
this is a very key year for Miami as far as their turnaround goes. And I'm excited, man. I am so excited. I want to see what this team looks like, you know, 45 days from now. And I talked so much that I froze cat, I think. <laughs> so, folks, big appreciation from me, big appreciation from cat. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. If you get a chance, give us a review out on whatever podcast platform you do listen to us on if you do so. And thank you very much on behalf of myself, on behalf of Brian Catanzaro. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.